get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Getting you inside the cards. A pump of the fist from Adam Wainwright. This is Carragher and Smallman with cards pitcher Adam Wainwright. Wainwright's 23rd complete game of his career. Absolutely Brought to you by Chick-fil-A, where you can earn points on your next order with the Chick-fil-A One app at any of our 16 St. Louis area locations. Michelle Swalman, Randy Carricker, and it is time for Wednesdays with Wayno, our weekly visit with Cardinal right-hander Adam Wainwright, of course, co-founder of the great big league impact.org. And we're going to talk about that as we go along here. Good morning, Wayno. How are you? I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? Doing well. I bring a lot of people onto the show, writers who are having a busy time, and I say, hey, we appreciate you taking time during a busy period. There can't be anybody more busy in St. Louis over the course of the last week than Adam Wainwright. It, it's been something, hasn't it? It's been something, man. It has, and it's uh, it's relentless. You know, I thought I thought that uh, we were kind of over the, over the hump with my wife, and she was uh, turning a corner, and then I I got home after the game from pitching and and uh she took a, a turn the wrong direction and had to get her back into the to the hospital and and uh so yeah, that's where we're at right now and gonna just make sure she's doing good, but she's the doctors are on it. We got the best doctors here in the world in Saint Louis, so um they're taking care of things. Well, that's good to know, Adam. We're certainly sending your wife and your family thoughts and prayers. Hopefully she has a speedy recovery. But I want to ask you about being in charge of all of your kids. As as a solo parent, while your wife is recovering, being in charge of all of your kids. Because I know when my dad was in charge and my mom wasn't there to rein things in, sometimes kids are allowed to get away with a little bit more when dad is in charge. So is there anything that you <laughs> let your kids do since you're in charge that normally they wouldn't be allowed to do? Uh, we might have dessert a little <laughs> bit more than, than normal. Usually we don't have any desserts on, uh, on school nights and, and we've had dessert a couple of times this week. <laughs> I'll have to admit that. Um, but you know what I'm trying to do? I'm, I'm trying my best to, to put things back exactly the way they're supposed to be so that when she steps back in and is able to do, you know, her normal daily activities, that it's not a whole culture shock to my kids. You know, I'm, I don't want them to, to think that they can take advantage of, of dad when mom's not around. I, I want them to, to know that, you know, they have chores. So, all right, what do we have days of the week? What day is it? It's Wednesday. Okay. Bailey, you know, that's your night. Got to clean the kitchen and that Morgan, that means that's your night to clean the, the great room and the, and the living room and, and, uh, put your toys away. And that means, Hey, it's your night, Macy, to bring down the, the uh, the laundry and it's your night, Sadie, to get the br- the broom out and and sweep up a little bit. I mean, you know, there's things that they're supposed to do that that make the house work that uh, that we're trying to get back on track with. And Adam, one more thing about this because you ha- made a shout out to moms and especially on Mother's Day week, you you've had to to do that. I, I know a lot of dads do that when moms travel. I've I've had to do it before. But once you're thrown into that fire, what moms do and the organization it takes to do what they do is remarkable. It is remarkable and it's it's uh it you know, it's one thing to do it for like a day. 
And you're like, yeah, I, I got this. What's the big deal? You know, I can do all this. And then, you know, the second day you're like, all right, this is a, you know, this is, this is wearing on me just a little bit now. And then the third day you're like, bring your own clothes downstairs. I don't care. You know, just, it's just, uh, it's, it is remarkable. I think remarkable is a great way to put it, you know, uh, and I know every situation is different, but, uh, in my, in my marriage, uh, very early on, I, I looked at Jenny in the eyes and I said, Hey, listen, you know, I, I'm, I, I like to help you with a lot of this stuff, but one thing I just cannot stand doing, I can't stand it. If I can avoid it, I'm going to do it. I'll wear my same clothes over and over. If you could do the laundry, that would make my life so much easier. And she said early on, she says, I got it. You know, because I, I just wasn't any good at it, anyways, and and uh, and but I, you know, it's just there's one of those it's one of those things that you look at and you go, I just don't like doing it. Like mm-hmm. uh, the other thing I don't like doing, I don't like unloading the dishwasher. I'll load that sucker, I'll wash all the dishes after dinner every night, but for whatever reason, I can't stand unloading the dishwasher. So she's the unload the dishwasher person, but the laundry for seven people is. Re, I mean, it is like the coronavirus, baby. It is relentless. It never goes away. It that washer and dryer stay running like it's like they're breathing air, you know. And they just uh, and and I don't understand, you know. When I look at my little girls, I'm like, did you need to wear three outfits today? What is the problem with this? Or I'm like, I'll just did towels yesterday why am i washing towels again oh well we used it one time congratulations you can use a towel especially this week for the whole week congratulations (laughs) so it's just uh you know it just it's there's so many things that my wife and just like everybody's wife does that that you just sort of you know that they're doing it you love that they're doing it but you don't understand how much work it is doing it until you're doing it yourself for sure I miss my wife. I'm telling you what, man, you know, like I need her <laughs> I need her back here to, to just make this house work like it's supposed to work. And my kids and our family to, to work like it's supposed to. Our family doesn't work the same without her. Adam, I'm getting a sense that maybe one of your daughters is going to have laundry on her chore list coming up pretty shortly. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the older two can help a little bit, you know, but I, I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but I think it might be kind of the way I was doing laundry before. You, you know, you don't want to be good at it because then, they, you know, they're going to ask you to do it more often. Um, kind of like, like hair, you know, like my little girls, I can do, I do ponytails. I do ponytails really well, but there's not enough time in the day to sit there and French braid everybody's hair. So I made a decision early on in my, in my life as my, as my, as a life of a father that I, I'm not going French braid, you know, but I will, I'll put your hair in a ponytail. I'll, I learned how to brush properly. You know, as, as a lot of guys don't know, there is a technique that you have to follow when brushing hair. You can't just start running a brush through the hair. You know, you're going to get all kinds of tangles in that long stuff. So <laughs> you got to do it the proper way. I learned how to do that. Right. I can get all the kinks out. I can, I can put a ponytail if you want a ponytail, but if you want a French braid, that's your sister's job. You know, so there's there's certain things that that I can do, and and there's certain things that they can do, and there's certain things that they don't do well. So, you know, my my daughter Bailey looked at me the other day and said, "Dad, did, did you wash my bra with the darks?" And oh, I went, no. "Well, maybe you could wash your bra next time, and it won't be a problem, huh?" And then she just like 
sorry, and walked out of the room. (laughs) That's a way to end that conversation. Well, Adam, we know that starting pitchers have their routine, and obviously family comes first, so you you had to disrupt the routine a little bit. But what's that like for you to not have the normal routine leading up to a start? I mean, it's, you know, it's it's not, especially once you're in the thick of it, of a, of a season. It's not a huge deal. Um, it, it does throw things off a little bit. What I will say is that I just did a, a terrible job of, of uh, preparing my body from a nutrition standpoint. You asked me earlier if there was something that we skimped on and we, we certainly had a few meals uh, that we wouldn't have had on the regular, you know, every now and then we got to go get a five guys burger every now and then we got to go get some raisin canes every now and then we got to get some chick-fil-a every now and then right but not three in a row you know and and there was times at night where you know i'm doing all the laundry i'm doing all the stuff and i'm making little man his his bottle and, and i'm and i'm changing a diaper and i'm helping with homework and then i'm like oh dang i didn't do anything for dinner yet and and i'm like all right you know order it up and it was you know three or four nights in a row where we ate it was a good week of fun eating. I'll just say that. And, and uh, I felt that when I was on the mound, I was dragging my behind a little bit, knowing that I didn't have the right fuel in my body uh, to go out there and perform. I mean, you, all that stuff is a treat, but it shouldn't be done every night. I mean, I think everybody would agree with that. So uh, maybe except for Chick-fil-A, you know, maybe <laughs> that's the one, that's the one, uh, that's the one thing that you might could eat every day and, and be fine. Um, but that, yeah, there was there was times where I was like, all right, I gotta I gotta do a better job of doing this next week. So we're we're on that this week. We're we're on to it. But the pre- the preparation and all that kind of stuff, you know, if, if if you're doing the same thing every 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 week, that's a good to an extent. But if it becomes a superstition, then it's making you a lesser athlete. If it's helping you prepare and it's it's you know it's not a necessity, then it's a strength. And that's how my routine is. You know I mean? This, this week it was, it was a grind uh, mentally and just not knowing if my wife was okay. And if, you know, if my kids were in the right spot, but you know, missing a bullpen or missing a workout day here or there, it, it it's not a huge deal once you're into the thick of things. That was a long answer, but. Adam Wainwright with us on 101 ESPN. Wayno, one of the many things I love about you is your relentless positivity and, all the time you think your team is going to be good. I believe that you go into every single game the Cardinals play thinking they're going to win. This particular club, though, has won uh, six out of seven now. You're, you're five games over 500. you You're right there in the thick of the, the chance for the lead in the division. From your perspective, when do you know that a team is going to be really good? I mean, the, the Cardinals have had a winning record pretty much every year. Well, they, they have had a winning record every year since 2008. So how do you know when you're looking around the clubhouse and then you get out on the field and your team is playing that your team is really good? This offseason, as soon as we signed Nolan Arenado, I knew we were going to be really good. I mean, that's you know the short answer. Um, when I look across the clubhouse and I see some of the guys we have in our lineup, and in playing defense for us and in our pitching mounds, I know that we're going to be really good. I, I, Jack Flaherty is in my locker next to me. You know, I look across the, the clubhouse and I see Nolan and Goldie and Edmund and Carp sitting right next to each other. I'm like, all right, we, we got some, we got some things here that we can work with. And then, you know, we got 
maybe the best center fielder in baseball back this last week, and he's already hit two balls that are 450 feet. You know, we've got the gold glove left fielder, Tyler O'Neill, you know, hitting hitting tank bombs and diving around the outfield. we got young stars like uh, like Williams and, and a couple of our pitchers, Oviedo. I mean, I can't wait y'all can see Oviedo on the regular. This guy is super nasty. Uh, and and some of our young prospects coming up. I mean, you know, do, we just have a lot of things. We have a great solid shortstop, which you just can't you can't say enough good things about what Paul does defensively and 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 the power he brings to the plate. We have a, a, an elite bullpen, in my opinion. I mean, there's things that we do that are really great. You know, I I mean, if you, if you just look at what our starting rotation could be in the next three years. Uh, people are going to be laughing at what they used to. If they used to think I was good, they just wait, you know, because Alex Reyes could be a starter. And he's, I think what we're seeing out of him out of the bullpen is pretty special, but he could be a starter. He could be a number one starter. Oviedo could be a number one starter. Matt Liberatore could be a number one starter. Jack Flaherty is a number one starter. You know, we're going to get Dakota Hudson back. We got all these things in the, in the works. There's just tons and tons and tons going forward for Cardinals, Cardinals fans. Adam, you mentioned the starting rotation, and one guy that's been really impressive so far this season is Carlos Martinez. And part of the reason that he's had success is he's working that cutter in. And I was reading about how over the past few seasons he's had conversations with you about turning to that pitch and how to unleash it. So what's some advice that you've given Carlos Martinez about effectively using his cutter? Well, uh, interestingly, um, I've had to tell him to kind of, to, to not overuse it in the past, um, but he's using it and he's throwing it in such a more effective way this year. The previous years, last year and the year before, when he would throw it, you know, and maybe it was because he was working on the bullpen a little bit and didn't have the kind of the reps that you need to throw it consistently. But uh, the previous years, you know, when he would when he would throw it, it would it would be either a ball way in or he would make a mistake down the middle. Now he's throwing that one right up underneath the hands of a left-hander over and over. And it's just bearing in on those guys and they can't stand it. And that sets up his good sinker and his changeup. He's got one of the best changeups in baseball. Sets up his changeup really well. And then he can work that slider off of it. So uh, it's just a pitch that he's found that he can uh, execute routinely, which is, which is the most important thing about a pitch in baseball is being able to execute it routinely. If you're making a lot of mistakes in the middle of the plate with it that's the one that's going to end up losing the game for you so he's executing it routinely he's working ahead in the counts which is uh which is a huge thing for carlos when he gets those quick outs you start seeing him walking off the mound begging for the next inning that's what you want you want him out there competing like that he's been competing uh really well this year so i'm proud of carlos he's doing great adam a couple more quick things number one you made your Major League debut on September 11th of 2005. Our late great friend Chris Duncan, who would have turned 40 today, made his Major League debut one day earlier on September 10th of 2005. And I know that you guys had some great times together and winning a championship together in 2006. What's your strongest or or best memory or story of Chris Duncan? Well, my best story about Chris Duncan is that Chris Chris Duncan was the all-time greatest storyteller. Uh, He had a couple of stories that he could tell you a hundred times in a row. And every time he told it with the same inflection, 
and made you laugh the same way, you know, and you noticed something different about his story, but it was always his facial expressions and his excitement when he was telling those stories. And I think he was a very good baseball player. He was a great hitter. Um, he, he worked so hard in the batting cages to be good. You know, he just, he wanted to be great. He was, uh, he was a Duncan because, uh, Dave Duncan never stopped working. Chris Duncan never stopped working. I'm not, I'm not, but I'm not so sure that Dunk didn't find his calling on the radio when he was done because he was a storyteller to the, and some of his stories, I can't tell y'all on the radio. <laughs> I just can't do it. You know, there's just too much involved and it's just, it just is uh, sometimes a little PG 13 ish at the least, <laughs> um, but, but would make you howl laughing. And uh, I I think he would have been a legendary, as he already was, but I think he would have been a legendary radio voice and something that that kids would have said, you know, when I was growing up, I got to listen to Chris Duncan tell this story and do this and blah, blah, blah. And I just, uh, I mean, I just can't say enough about the positivity that he brought to the field every single day in the clubhouse, in the dugouts, you know, it was just, uh, he made everyone around him better. And, uh, I, I think that y'all would agree with me once he got done with baseball, he did the exact same thing. Yeah. We, we had a great time and, and uh, there was never a moment that we had around Chris Duncan that we didn't have fun. And I think that's his legacy is that we, he was just such a fun, happy, engaging guy. And you couldn't have a bad time if you were with, with Dunk. And those, those facial expressions were just a riot. <laughs> right? I mean, like I can think of him right now. He just make you how just, just, uh, he can turn anything. He can turn, you know, the most boring bland situation into a hilarious thing with this, with just the, the, the sound effects and the facial expressions he would make. Hey, well, you know, you have some great teammates and uh, fellow major leaguers around baseball that are participating in the all win camp campaign, hashtag all win. And I, I'm honored to, to be a part of it. I made my donation last week, but the all win campaign is doing great things for big league impact and therefore doing great things for the world. It is, and, and we have several different uh, several different campaigns going on for for Goldschmidt, for myself, for Tommy Edmond, for Miles Michaelis, for um, who am I missing? I'm missing somebody. Hold on, I got it here. You've got Goldie, uh, you've got yourself, you've got. Uh, did you say Edmond? Goldie Edmond, Edmund, Michaelis, and and and. I don't know. There's somebody else. Those anyway, are the only ones I have on your team. Sorry. We have, we have, uh, oh, there you go. You know better than I do. Oh, I know what it was. We, we worked with uh, Jack last year too. Um, but we have lots of different uh, campaigns going on. There's food for the hungry campaign um, with Paul. There's a community center that's being built. It's just, uh, just, you can't even believe how this changes the dynamic in the Dominican Republic. Um, the community center it serves as a pharmacy. It serves as, as a, as a preschool. It serves as a vocational school in the evenings for, for mothers. It's it, and it's right next to the baseball field. Everybody is drawn to these baseball fields, uh, in the Dominican Republic center, the center of life is baseball. And so if you got a baseball field, you build a community center next to it, you can really change an entire community around it. That's what Paul's doing. There's other really great things with Tommy and myself and miles Michaelis going on, but, uh, we're doing some things in St. Louis that are, we're going to be feeding people in St. Louis. We're going to be housing um, battered and, and uh, trafficked women 
here in St. Louis. We're going to be doing lots and lots of different things. And we would love, what we're really searching for right now is we would love for some fan participation to join in and help us to fight those fights that we're doing right now on Big League Impact. You can go to bigleagueimpact.org and check it out today. Uh, you can follow us on social media, on face, on uh, Facebook and on, on uh, Instagram and Twitter and all these kinds of things. You can get on there and follow us and see what we're doing. But we would absolutely love to have some fan engagement just so that y'all can enjoy and, and figure out and be a part of some of the great things we're doing at Big League Impact. All right. Adam, thanks so much for your time, and we know there's a lot going on. Tell Jenny that we and Cardinal Nation are all praying for her and a quick recovery, and you get back to what you're doing, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks for the time, guys. Appreciate it. That's the great Adam Wainwright on 101 ESPN. And Chick-fil-A is the proud sponsor of Wednesdays with Wayno on 101 ESPN. Don't forget that on Wednesdays, stop by your local Chick-fil-A and enjoy an ice-cold Sunjoy. Chick-fil-A is donating a portion of the proceeds of the Sunjoy Wednesdays to support Big League Impact through the baseball regular season. So stop by and have lunch and a Sunjoy today at Chick-fil-A. Thanks to them for participating with Wayno and thanks to them for bringing by some sun joy and some breakfast sandwiches this morning. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.